0: Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk, I'm your host Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week I'm catching up with uh, Demote in, uh, in New York. How are you going?
1: Good, how are you? So hey. professional.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Something I rarely hear. No, i just we're here, uh, sweating out in, uh, in Brooklyn, in New York, right now. Um, we definitely are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, middle of, middle of summer. We've been, uh, crazy enough to go out painting in the heat and stuff like that.
1: So, 90 degrees for you Australians, that's 31.
0: Uh, wasn't it 101 yesterday?
1: That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the car said, yeah. Yeah. That but, was brutal.
0: Yeah. So, um... So you're originally from Sydney?
1: That's correct.
0: Do you want to um tell me about uh how you got into art?
1: Uh getting into art? I guess my mother was an artist, so I uh I always drew and she always took me to like workshops and art classes and and she was a good artist, so she I kind of like she inspired me and I, you know, kind of wanted to be like that, so I I always drew and um tried to make things, so when I uh, got old enough to kind of do my own thing, I actually started like redrawing some of the stuff that she drew as a a teenager. She had a huge file full of her old drawings and stuff that she would never pull out, but I would go under the bed and pull them out and kind of look through those. And she had like old hippie drawings, which actually kind of informed some of the characters I drew for the early TPR, Peace Revolution stuff that I did. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my mother was a big influence.
0: Yeah, I've noticed that though, just from being around um, friends with kids and drawing with them. Like I, I don't know, but I always um, bust out the pens and paper when I'm visiting friends that have kids, and say, "Let's do some drawing." Yeah. And I noticed the first thing that they'll do would be like to mimic what I'm drawing uh-huh. first, and then they go off and do their own thing. But I, I guess it's like a natural thing as a kid. You look at the adult, what the adult's doing, and then you for sure you mimic
1: that. My friend Reese Lee's a great example. His kid. He's doing some really good drawings. And he's young. He's like a six, six-year-old 6 kid. Yeah. But he's been around this this great drawer for his entire life. So that's all he's seen is great drawing. Yeah. The kid's now doing good, great drawings.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was with, uh, staying with my friend Ponkin um, in Barcelona. And he's got a, a nine-year-old kid. and we'll, like, I was babysitting him while they went out and did, did some stuff. And then uh, he was asking me where I get all my... Reference image images from. I say I walk around and I take photos, and um and then the kid was like, Dad, Dad, um as soon as his you know parents came on, he's like, Dad, I want to go out, and walk around town, and take some photos. So I've got cool. some things to draw when I get home. Sick. And it's like straight away it was it was onto it.
1: Yeah, he's starting to learn a different process.
0: Exactly, exactly. Instead of just sitting there staring at a blank piece of paper trying to work out what to do.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? But um, so you're uh. You're mostly known for uh, graffiti, mm-hmm. like the graffiti you uh, you've done throughout your your life. Yep. Like um, like when did you start painting, graph and how did you get into it? Uh,
1: I was b-boying before I started writing. So in in '84, I guess, definitely in '84. I was. I I find it. I'm trying to work it out because I know where I was doing it, but I think it was '84, definitely '85. I kind of had stopped b-boying and then I moved to Sydney from Wagga Wagga. And, uh, so I was, I was breaking in, in Wagga Wagga with like five people that, that did it in that country town and they all hated graph. They hated the movie beach street cause it had too much graffiti in it. Like they loved breakdance and like flat flash dance and whatever. So no one wanted to paint and I, but I drew it a bit, but I never, I never did it and because they rejected it i was like i had no one to do it with, so it never spawned until i moved to sydney and then i met prins and i met this kid heck he he did a famous piece in sydney called a big chrome blockbuster that said what the heck and uh they they were both at my school and through break-in and interest for graph they were kind of already doing it like i just met them and we started tagging and Probably tagged for about six months to a year before I got cans together to try to do something. But that was late 85, 86. Yeah? Yeah.
0: So that's really early in Australian graffiti. It's
1: not the earliest, but it's yeah. it's there. And we, we we would spend our weekends going around looking at pieces and traveling on the train, going to Circular Quay where there was plenty of pieces, going to Bondi where there was plenty of pieces. So I saw all the original pieces but I wasn't. I'm not definitely not a first generation graffiti writer. Yeah. And when I when I used to come from Wagga Wagga to Sydney to visit my dad, stay there at school holidays, I would see all the stuff on a piece on the on the lines, and I I remember the interlock piece. I remember the one with the tiger that Snooze did, and I remember plenty of ski throw that that really stood out. And I would know when I was getting into Sydney because certain pieces would you know, start to pop up on the train line. I'll be like, oh, cool, here it all is.
0: Yeah. And how, how'd you um, come to be doing your first piece?
1: Uh, I think we just got cans together. It took us a long time. And then uh, we went in these drains and we fucked around and and, and did something. And then my official... F- well, we, me and Prince went to this park in, in and where he lived. And uh, we did some pieces together like we both did the piece and then we both did our own piece but that that was with like six cans maybe Fr- franklin's cans i don't know if you know what that is It's like a supermarket, supermarket brand yeah. yeah yeah fan jet cans terrible paint
0: bizarre was demote your first tag as well
1: no nah, i had some size was my first tag of any kind of note but i tried a few different ones but nothing really stuck in. And, and <clears throat> you're going to ask me this next question is how I got that, how I got demote with well, Scotty Styles. At the time, he used to write Demise, D M I S E, and Mo Ski, M O S K E. And uh, I liked both of those tags and the way he did it. He was someone we really looked up to on the North Shore because he was like the king back then. And uh, so I just took the D and the M from Demise. And the you know, how the the K went into the E, mm. I just appropriated my T into the E like that. So demote came from demise and Mo Ski from Scotty Styles.
0: Cool. So once you started piecing and you you know, you've you got got your name and all that type of stuff, like did you get right into it and sort of immerse like go full immersion into the graph world?
1: Uh, well the graph world was very very local for us, and it was just me and friends. I used to stay at his house like all the time, um, and we would we would paint in this under this bridge under in our tarman, which became like a really famous spot. People would come there and take pictures. So the scene, the graffiti world, was a very small world, and we kind of just created our own little world. But you know, influenced by whatever we could get our hands on, whatever we could see and a couple of older people would like you know take us under their wing or show us a little bit but we kind of carved our own thing out and that was probably from 87 to 89 yeah and then Prince moved to Melbourne and then I did my thing and mm. but we, we our world was small and we just kind of created it ourselves
0: yeah and we like I've always thought you know but looking from Melbourne looking at Sydney's graph throughout the years I've always there's been a really heavy uh, New York influence on mm-hmm. the style there for sure was like New York a real big part in uh, Sydney graph?
1: for sure I think it was for anywhere outside of New York because that's all you knew That, that I mean that's, that was the only reference point mm. were the books and the movies so it, it was not to bite so you couldn't directly reference something and it, it it's not often I see something that was that the flavor and the energy and maybe the words and you know yeah the whole feeling of it was definitely referenced from all those books and movies
0: yeah well also like um if you think about it everyone does like their their fill their 3d right bubbles like all that sort of stuff and it's it's almost like this this staple within graffiti and there's been trends that have neglected all of that like say 3d stuff and then always mm-hmm. like graph futurism or whatever that you can call it that's happening now yep but yeah. i i feel that it's that that new york um style from the 80s is like the core and it's the foundation and that's what people for sure. always return to
1: well if you name your the, the your top five writers they'll they'll be guys that do style yeah they'll be guys that have advanced the letters you know like so I think it's always going to be that, and there'll be waves of people that reject it and, and think they're trying to create something else. And but it'll always the the foundation will be the letters, and there's a certain way to do them. Yeah, and it's up to you to to reinvent them and put your spin on it. Yeah, well,
0: I guess it's like if you give uh, everyone, say, if you get like ten people and you give them all exactly the same
1: art materials they'll Mm -hmm. all do their own version of it you hope so yeah. you'd hope so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the that's the idea yeah
0: so I haven't spent much time in Sydney but as a writer growing up in Melbourne like you were always you know one of the big names in Sydney like how'd you go about building
1: up your name within the scene I don't know I think we just did it a lot and it, it wasn't a conscious decision to like Build a name in the scene. It just, we were just the guys from that area on the North Shore. So, I mean, people just started to take notice because we did it. A, we were doing it a lot, and Prince was really good, and he he pushed me, and I pushed him. So, we kind of had a little, like I said before, we had our own little world, and that kind of was moving really quickly for us because we were we were pushing each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I've always, I also noticed through looking at um, like magazines and stuff from the, from the 90s and early 2000s, uh, you were also painting a lot with um, like international artists.
1: Yeah, because I guess I had met, met some writers, Howard and Nozum were, were, were two of them, and they had a lot of friends that were traveling, so he hooked, they hooked them up with me when they came to Sydney. So most, most internationals were coming and staying with me. So we would paint, and the, the network just grew from there. So for the first, the early 2000s, most of the European guys would come in, and staying with me. Yeah. No, no Americans came to Sydney. No one from New York really came here.
0: Yeah. I think it, like. I mean, there. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of the world don't like it's travellers who travel to Australia, but a lot of um, you know. A lot of writers and stuff don't go over there looking to paint really no it's uh it's more not of a, a grap- holiday not a destination.
1: destination no yeah
0: but um but did you start traveling as well by like going to see the people who have been staying with you
1: yeah i did eventually in 97 i uh i went to germany for the first time with casino and we we started in germany and uh we went to croatia and we went to to, to holland we went. Uh, we we went to Sarajevo, Bosnia. We we traveled around and then, and then, where did we go from there? I think that was at The European. That was my first trip. Was European, but I stayed away for three months, and we really traveled. Yeah,
0: I remember the um, the article in uh, Blitzkrieg. And there was photos of you, Casino and Shark, painted yeah. in like Sniper Alley. And there was all yeah. bullet holes all over the buildings and stuff.
1: It was an incredible trip. That was a, that was the most memorable trip I've had to this day. And it's funny because I never, I never knew anything about the scene or if there was a scene or anything about Sarajevo graph until last year or the year before that it was their 20th anniversary of the culture. And someone from Sarajevo hit me up and was like, we're doing a festival, we want you to come out. You guys were the first guys to paint here. And those pieces, which were in that Bliss Creek article, were like pretty influential and monumental to the what was going on there. Mm. And I had no idea about that until two years ago. And last year I was in Croatia, I met a bunch of the guys from Sarajevo and we, we, we talked about it and I, I actually had a lot of the photos that Shark had just sent me, and I showed them to them, and they were like, "Damn, this is this, these were the the first things we saw." Yeah. And when we were there, I mean, we didn't see any graffiti except for political and like military stuff and anti-war and whatever. So we wondered, but we we didn't definitely didn't take that for granted.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I've been in a similar situation on my travels. Just go, go to yeah, I'm um, sure. remote cities and stuff where there's nothing. There's no graph. Yeah, you still end up painting there, and then um, like even there were even like parts of um, parts of Bolivia in South America and in India as uh-huh. well. Like towns, like city, like they weren't just small towns. They were cities, but they had no graph and did some pieces and just sort of wondered it's like well I wonder if like a scene starts kicking off here because you see tags around like you see like early tags like it's 80s or something or or 70s New York you know Mm -hmm. it's like you can see that there's something bubbling up here people have got names and they've writing a reference somewhere but there's no pieces there's not even like there might be like a a hollow outline of like a name or something like that yeah yeah In block letters or um, but yeah it was uh, no I always sort of left those places going gee I wonder if someone will see those those pieces and be like oh they were the first ones yeah you know and it's weird because that was in the 2000s like for me
1: I, I know graph is so global now yeah for sure you wouldn't think that would be a possibility no right yeah yeah, yeah. when we were in split last year I, I told the guy about this silver piece that we did and he was like yeah it was here until two years ago fuck yeah it was just got buffed mm. or faded I don't know what happened but it was there for 20 years almost
0: was there much happening in Croatia graph wise when you were there
1: Croatia yeah but not Mm. not Bosnia Croatia had a scene they had the trains were bombed they had a lot of good riders and the, the magazine ZBG Chaos ZGB Chaos sorry came from there and that was a pretty well established mag at the time that's actually how we we went to to Croatia in the first place was that we met the guys that ran the magazine at a jam in Switzerland and they were like come to Croatia and that sounded like a wild idea at the time like mm. yeah sure I'm like how are we going to do that yeah but then we got to shark it was like let's just go let's go down there so we did
0: yeah and how like how are you um received by uh like the graph scenes in different places as well because i, I for my experience i remember when i first started traveling in melbourne i felt like i was just another writer i had I, I didn't even no. None of my peers had even told me I was any good. So in my mind, I wasn't good yet. I was still borderline toy, you know. But then I'd go overseas, and I'd be like, "Oh, I've got you know, Aon from Australia's here." Right. It's like, no, nah, yeah, I yeah, I'll write and I'm from Australia, but like, <laughs> not like some international writer or whatever. But just because you're from somewhere else, people get really interested. It's like, um, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, I feel like I had such a good connection with people from Europe, and then they had a connection with people in new york so i knew people here but new york is is different they they really don't they're really not looking at anything outside of here so Mm -hmm. a lot for the most part these the dudes here were just like they think i started in the 2000s Mm. i think they think i started when i came here yeah i get I've, i've lived here for 12 years and so many people still ask me also how long are you here for yeah I've been here for 12 years painting but they don't see anything outside the neighbourhood so it doesn't matter yeah if you're not from here it doesn't matter yeah what about which um... is cool, Which for me was really cool to come here because I reinvented myself through mm. graph I started writing shank and doing pieces that that I I didn't care what anyone thought and and when I lived in Australia the word demote the painting that word had so much like a build up for me and like all these expectations I got to do a good one and blah 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 and I let go of all that when I came here no one knew who I was started a new name and it was then I could rebuild and and grow again without you know that small big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. syndrome it's like now I'm like a very small fish in a huge pond and it's great
0: yeah in a huge pond (laughs) I much prefer it Yeah, yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah
1: with like, amazing history.
0: That's a great thing. Like reinvention. Like I've um, and I've thought about it a lot because I've I've done it a lot throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Like um, like even I remember when I went through primary school um, with my twin brother, and um, he was always bigger and stronger and faster and all that. And uh-huh. I and I had to wear glasses as a kid, so I was like the nerdy one, and he was like the school bully. Uh huh. And I remember just I don't know Ben. I don't know, just not wanting that for the rest of my life. But then when we went to high school, like, he went and lived with my dad and I stayed with my mum, but I went to a school where no one knew me. Uh-huh. So I got rid of the glasses.
1: I, I Started set, doing push-ups.
0: Uh oh, not push-ups, <laughs> but I remember saying to my mum, you know, like, because I was skating for, like, every day. I loved skating. I had none of the skate gear. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, mum, I want some, like, you know, vision streetwear and shit like that, you Sick. know. And reinvented myself as... Tom the skater, you know, nice. And, uh, and just, and that was, you know, 13 years old. So every time I've sort of moved countries and all that, I've, I've, I've stopped and thought, all right, who do I want to be when I get to this country? And, huh. and how do I want to perceive myself? Because I could easily go, um, oh, a on the writer and all I, all I do is graph. But if I want to go now, I'm Tom Gerard the artist, I can start like speaking to galleries and building my career and, mm-hmm. and, um, and as you said, painting whatever I, I feel I want to paint. You know, right. Yeah. But, um, but I think that's a, it's a really good thing to do throughout your life if there's ever an opportunity. But if you're always staying in the same town around the same people, there's not really that opportunity to reinvent yourself without.
1: It's not about really promoting growth, is it?
0: Yeah. Well, it's like you, people probably won't care so much. They might say shit behind your back or whatever. But, um, but it's all, I reckon, your own mind will, will get in the way. You know what right. will they say? What will they think? Right, it's like right. that built into our DNA through survival in tribes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, but when you when no one knows you, you can be whoever you want. Definitely, yeah, it's good fun. Like I remember even getting back to Australia from traveling for six years, and thinking I'll get back and everyone will welcome me back with open arms, and I realized that no one knew who I was anymore <laughs> because I wasn't around. You know, and I thought oh, sure. this is great, another opportunity to reinvent myself. So I reinvented myself as an artist, not a graph writer, and uh,
1: it's great. It's
0: worked out well, you know. Here I am talking to graph writers.
1: Yep. Can't <laughs> so, shake it. You can't get rid of it. Well, I love it. That's the yeah. thing. It's
0: out of choice now. It's not out of like this is who I am. It's more. Um, it's more like oh, like I'm not. I haven't turned my back on it. I haven't completely shunned it. It's nah, that. Part of who I am. That would be
1: a weird move.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it's just more focus. It's more focus orientated. It's like all right, maybe it's like. 30% of what I'm into, not a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So yeah, talking about like, you know, traveling and reinvention, you said, you know, you said you're here in New York, you've been here for 12 years, um, like what, what instigated that trip or the move
1: and like how did that all come about? Uh, originally I was, I've been doing graphics for a long time and, uh, I used to work for Subi and I worked for Insight and a bunch of labels in Australia. So uh the owner of ruka patanori he uh had seen the work that i was doing for Subi and 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 stuff like that and offered me kind of really loosely offered me a position to come and work in california for ruka and uh i didn't really take it seriously because i was in a situation where i I wasn't going to leave sydney and um so i didn't really take it on and then that situation changed and uh I just called him up and I was like, Are you still serious about that offer? and he said yeah, so I took a took a plane and uh I thought I'd be back in Australia in six months but here I am twelve years later, still working for Ruka, still enjoying it and uh yeah, thanks to Pat Tenori for giving me a uh a, a new chapter on my life and, you know, allowing me to live here. It's been it's been really good.
0: But you, you originally moved to LA. Like what um
1: Yeah, what, the company's what... in California, so yeah. I lived there for two years first and art directed the company. And then I uh I wanted to live in New York and uh we worked out a deal that I could uh that I could do that and, and continue my work and um yeah, you know, and everybody was happy and I'm still here in that situation.
0: Yeah. And um was New York a big draw card for you because of uh obviously the grass of course, scene and yeah. stuff like
1: that. I mean, it was always a dream, and then I I started tr- visiting and, and staying for a little while, and then you know then then living here and, and being able to do that, the dream was a little bit closer. So I thought I, I got to give it a go, even if it's for six months, and uh, which I thought was the deal because that was how long I had left on my visa at that time. So I was like, let me try this for six months and and uh i did and now i'm and i'm still here i really thought i'd be somewhere else but yeah yeah so i mean it was yeah it was a a dream being involved in what i've you know been involved in it was just something i had to do
0: yeah and so have you um like how would you go about like integrating in the the graph community over here like making friends and just sort of landing on your feet
1: well, I had friends already, which was the Tats crew, and they they had taken me on. You know, they had welcomed me into the into the family early. So as soon as I got here with Howard Nosam, we we went straight there, and every trip I just went straight to Hunts Point and hung out with them, and that my my New York experience started from there. So I had I had friends, and f- through them I met other people, and we painted together and just slowly branched out i didn't go seeking anyone out because i had friends and Mm. yeah but it took a long time for them them to like really look at my my pieces like i knew them for seven years before they even looked at pictures of my graph like i'd show them and they'd be like oh yeah that's cool but they didn't look at them (laughs) like so i was like damn when are they gonna like check my shit out but it wasn't really about that. It was just about being there, getting to know people. And mm. the relationship wasn't about, oh, he's decent at graph. It was about, oh, yeah, we know you now. Mm. So, I man, one day, nicer said to me, you want to go and do a piece on the roof? Up on the roof they got there. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting for this for seven years. like, And we did one. It was good. So they let me do another one. Yeah. Yeah
0: i remember painting up there with you yeah. a, like a few years ago man that was hot it's really hot really up hot. there yeah
1: now there's like an eco garden up there so there's a bit of greenery so yeah yes well it's not less hot but it's, it's not as bad
0: yeah so was that uh was that quite humbling for you like sort of being for quite sure. high at the top of the food chain in graph terms in sydney for sure and then being somewhere where you're sort of starting from the bottom again and working your way up
1: yeah
0: um you know how'd that feel inside did you feel like was it uh, disappointing at first or was it exciting
1: or wasn't disappointing at all it was for me i was just excited to be here and uh you know being in sydney for so long and being involved in that that culture it's a pretty aggressive scene in sydney so uh yeah it can take its toll on you you know what i mean i had an ego and i was i could be a dick at times so these these kind of things left me once once I uh, once I became uh, once I kind of lost that that identity and had to start again I could like start again without all that shit without the ego and it, the graffiti's an ego driven thing for the most part so it can it can be like you know it can consume you and I think at times in Sydney it did so it was good to start again
0: yeah Sydney's always had a reputation for quite a, a rough scene same with melbourne For sure. i guess um, melbourne
1: was never like that but sydney infiltrated it yeah and uh people started to do certain things that sydney writers were doing the searching and like the violence and and it just spread yeah. but melbourne was a pretty peaceful place from what i knew from the 80s yeah i don't know
0: during my uh i don't know my years i saw Fair bit of trouble, more more from like the um riders from sort of the outer suburbs, sort of coming coming in. And right. A lot of, I don't know even to this day the, the west is still quite quite tough. There was more
1: like gang yeah. shit there too, right? Yeah, the dudes yeah. that ran their crews like a gang. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: like it was. Yeah, you know, you're in a graft crew, but it was really a graft gang.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No down for fighting and yeah. whatever. That wasn't really. P- there wasn't really that in sydney but dudes was just violent on the way to go places and if some shit happened then it was sorted out with violence yeah no
0: one wants to live around that shit eh
1: nah but whatever you know yeah. what i mean it, it 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 helps carve certain things and then you you become resilient or not you know what i mean
0: yeah and so when you uh moved to new york how'd you feel like how'd you find the scene over here quite
1: well when I came here in 2009 no one was painting like Graf was pretty dead maybe Wayne was still painting a little bit but he wasn't like peak Wayne and uh so I found it really easy just to go and, and do shit and when I moved here I had way more time didn't have a girlfriend didn't have any responsibilities so all I did was paint and uh I got right into it and I was kind of on my own out there for a while and um then i eventually uh started painting with wayne a lot because he was you know had the time too so we did a lot together and but when i first got here the, the the scene was was pretty quiet yeah so it was good it was it was fun
0: was that uh interesting to to see because you know if, if most writers are looking to new york as like you know the hub like right you know, the centre of the world in graph terms. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to find that you came here and the scene was quite quiet.
1: Like. I mean, I kind of knew it because I'd been watching for so long. And, yeah. uh... I guess after the, the whole FX movement in New York died down, I think people kind of, like, went quiet. The scene yeah. died down. Yeah. But now it seems to be picking up and... There's, you know, a lot of people kind of painting good stuff.
0: Yeah. Have you, um, noticed a lot of the older guys coming back out as well?
1: Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, people, people are always sort of coming in and out of the scene, I guess. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's kind of writing again and getting back into it, I guess.
0: Yeah. Have you had a chance to like meet or paint with any of your, um, idols from,
1: for sure yeah yeah um what dero was always someone that i kind of emulated his style and looked up to so that was that was always it was cool to meet Dero. i traveled with Dero to to copenhagen that was a fun trip um i mean wayne was someone that when i when i was growing up in sydney and we didn't have much exposure to much much stuff his three names, hymns, well, I shouldn't say it all on, on here, but his three tags were. I thought they were three different people, and they were my three favorite writers. So to meet Wayne was like, yeah, that was dope, mm. and like to be, to be painting with him on a like a level together, and you know, giving and and t- you know, getting some and giving some back was like was a very cool experience um the tats crew obviously like loved all the shit from the 90s all the trains it was all amazing so like to have them as my friends was dope just to hear the stories on a friday afternoon when people are drinking and telling stories is insane like it's like the 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 ship we 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 looked at in books like to hear their stories is super cool yeah
0: now that there seems to be a uh, uh, an era where we're finding that the original graph writers the, and the older heads are starting to get some recognition and also some um like love in the galleries, uh, you know there's always been the usual suspects who have come up through from the 80s who have followed that c- gallery path, but then there's other writers who are getting um, some fame just for being who they were as writers mm-hmm um like has it been good to see all that happening or what's your views on all that
1: uh I mean it's it's always cool to see I mean anything you can is great to see in a gallery like all the history like I mean it's it's great whenever you get to see it I mean here's the place that you're gonna be able to see it um what do I think about it I mean I'm just excited to see it I I don't really have an opinion Mm.
0: But do you think it's good that, um, graph's finally getting, uh, like recognized as an art form and, and appearing in galleries and writers are making money off, off it or, you know, because there's that two sides of the coin where it's like, you know, writers say a lot of graph writers who turn into fine artists don't do graph anymore. It's like right. they create a, an art style for themselves right because, you know, there's this stigma that graph doesn't
1: belong on canvases, you know? well Where, yeah oh, sorry go th- there's very few people that do graffiti on well on any medium as an art career i can't name one who's not a nostalgic artist like a blade or a or a you know tracy or knock 167 people are going to them for the for the nostalgia mm. The their their most important work is the work they did in the 80s or the 70s if they do a painting now it's not worth as much as it was it is if they did it in the 80s which is a weird thing because you know julian Schnabel's new painting is worth as much as the one from the 80s so we're we're dealing in nostalgia when you talk about people making money off actual graffiti lettering in the in the contemporary art world the 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 people that have come from graph that are successful like the barry's and the Todds and the ostiumeos's they're not doing graffiti on canvas they're 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 informed by that culture but they're they're not they're not doing graffiti on on canvas or 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 on any other medium to make the money They're, they're they're doing something different
0: yeah because I feel that if, I don't know, if there's, there's a lot of writers out there who, um, who I just, like, I don't think it would be that interesting to see their stuff on canvas like that. And I, I think it is important to develop a different style for, for yourself.
1: Right. Because really,
0: like, as you said, it's, there's that nostalgia element, whereas that takes years to build up and you have to be in the right geographical location at the right time doing the right things and you can't you don't know what they are at the time you just have to be correct there and that (laughs) movement
1: there's only so many paintings that exist yeah you can't make new paintings from the 80s no so it's a small it's a small uh market but it's cool to see that gaining some value Mm. some monetary value and you know like gaining huge prices at auction and that's cool to see because then that 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 might lay the groundwork for work that's being done now to be worth something in twenty years.
0: Yeah. And what about you? Are you? Uh, have you got any aspirations to move down that path?
1: Uh to be a painter. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to be a painter that's related to the graffiti art world, or I don't know. Might what I like is 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 real painters like de kooning or schnabel or albert olan eddie martinez these this is what i like to look at when i when i want to go and see paintings in a gallery i don't i'm not that excited to go and see a a graffiti show i'll go because i'm into it but it's not what i'm like it's not what i would ideally what i would want to be doing so the question is like I would like to be a painter full time in the near future. Yeah. Painting what? I'm not, I'm working that out at the moment.
0: Yeah. I was at your studio the other day and the paintings you're working on are looking really good. Thanks. Yeah.
1: Like again, they're, they're just like, uh, they're in a development stage. Like I've been, I've been making paintings for a long, long time, but not ever with, with the, uh, i've you know i've never been associated with a gallery particularly or anything like that so i've never had the the time constraints to be like okay we're making a show we expect this from it blah 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 so i just make work now and i, I i'm not trying to sell it or anything I, I will one day i guess but right now i'm just trying to develop it into something that i'm really happy with mm. and then I'll then i'll take it out to the world
0: yeah and like what what sort of um like do you set times for yourself to be painting in the studio each week and do you, like how do you go about developing that
1: uh I'm in there as much as I can, and when I'm in there, I'm in there for the full day um and I treat it like a job. I try to go in there with a goal and be like, okay, I'm gonna try to finish this today or I'm gonna be drawing today, I'm gonna prime canvases or I'm gonna do something. I try to go in with a goal so I, i'm not just sit there twiddling my thumbs and like trying to work out something to do
0: yeah and with uh with the art you, you know um you've got these duck characters that feature quite <laughs> yeah. heavily like where did they come from
1: uh he was just a dude that i was uh, i mean i draw a lot of different characters and he was just something that evolved out of it you know the duck is like a graph staple people have been doing a version of howard the duck or donald duck for mm-hmm. years so he seemed like a, a, a cool character to kind of make a version myself and people just started to like him so i just kept doing it yeah i probably wouldn't have if they didn't didn't like it i just but he's kind of there's this one right there he's kind of like I, I kind of want to see him move at some point Yeah. now that he has a body yeah it's just a bit of fun it's like nothing serious about it
0: yeah i guess it's like i I know I always feel that with my art as well like I I try and just paint what what's going to be fun for me at the time Mm -hmm. and it doesn't sometimes it's character related other times it's it's quite a serious painting but it's Mm -hmm. what it feels is going to be fun for me right then and there yeah
1: yeah you you go with the mood and the flow I guess
0: yeah and I feel as an artist it's a really important thing to do is just chase chase the fun and the feeling and instead of um trying to uh do what you think people expect
1: of you, or something along those lines. I think the, the minute you start doing that, you you get you get stuck, and mm. yeah. So that's what I'm not doing right now. I'm yeah. not. I'm just. I'm just doing it to do it. I'm not. I'm not in a gallery. I'm not in the art world. I'm just making art mm. because I enjoy making it. Yeah. And if that sounds like a cliche, I'm not sure, but.
0: No, it's just where you're at right that's, now. Yeah, it's where I'm because at. Because I want to,
1: sh- I want to show it to people, but I want it to be like a solid, consistent body of work before I do that.
0: Yeah, because there's you know, I think there's there's two sides of that. Because one one is you don't want to come out and have a show where everyone, all eyes are on you, and you it's you feel like it's still just your de- developmental work. True. But then there's the other side of saying if you don't just go out and do it when when we ever do it. Right. You know, that that's it's a, a fine good line. that's a good point. Yeah.
1: It is a good point and I think also your first show is not going to be a great success so I mean maybe it would be but
0: okay. my, my most successful show I've ever had was my first show yeah yeah and it was like back in 2007 and it was pretty graph heavy and stuff but it was just because i was out i was painting a lot on the streets and I, everything was small and cheap i had like 90 pieces in there and i sold yeah right like 85 of them or something like that yeah
1: it's i mean it's a good formula yeah,
0: yeah. but it was it was all pretty cheap and it was it, it, you could tell it was a show from an inexperienced artist like i was just painting graph and i broke my leg and right. i couldn't go out and paint so i was I so just sat at, sat at the desk hold up and
1: just made things
0: lots of stuff kept going to the op shops and finding old frames and just Taking the the painting of flowers out of there, and putting yeah, cutting a piece of paper the size and doing something, you know. That yeah, I,
1: that works. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a funny world. I, I don't I'm don't claim to understand it at all, but uh, you know, hopefully one day I, I'm out there making just making paintings.
0: Mm. I I like man, I I feel that you're ready for it. It's just being in the the right place to be able to um, make an income and a living yeah. and survive for me
1: that's the thing right now is mm-hmm. like I don't, is committing to like doing it full time yeah. which is going to involve sacrifices yeah. and uh, right now it's just trying to work those things out mm-hmm.
0: well one thing we were talking about before the interview is um, like a good way or a way that a lot of artists make money these days is through painting murals. Mm-hmm. Like, um, is that something, a path that you'd be interested in going down?
1: Um, I mean, I've done one in uh, Seattle, which I really liked. It's not, so, it's not something I've really ever chased or, like, aspired to do. In the beginning, when people started doing it big, I thought, damn, I could do my thing big too. That would be cool, I'd love to do it. But now that it's become... The culture of muralism, and it's something completely different to graffiti writers doing something different big. I'm not so interested in it Um, because it's not my thing anymore. It's not my, it's not my culture. The muralism is not what I do. Yeah, but I I would like to do my art big, maybe one day. But I want to. I also want to be paid to do it. I'm not gonna like help. Gentrify a neighborhood for free for the benefit of like some middleman mm. who's working for the city or mm. uh, developers.
0: Oh yeah, no, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about oh, I'll paint your wall and you need to pay for for paint. You know, like right. what you do in your kids. But I see a grab- lot of this
1: going on at Powwow at Wynwood. Yeah, it's but- like a lot of people are doing a lot of shit for free and. Mm. That is a that's a job.
0: Yeah, but we're talking about making an income as an artist here, like not um not just painting walls, but um actually having that be as a uh, as a good income source for you. True. As a, as a and to to a, okay, enable you to be a full time artist. You know, like you could if you did one mural a month, and it's a good well paying mural. Like that's it. That's you know it takes you what three days to a week or whatever. That's like one week a month that you're working, and and you everything is covered financially, and the rest of the time you can um be in the studio just creating artwork and I yeah. think that's where having that financial freedom is where true creativity in the studio will come because you're not trying to paint something to sell you right. sort of you just you're really freely painting yeah. yourself you know? I mean one
1: a month is going to turn me into a mural artist but maybe yeah. one every six months that yeah is what i'm painting in the studio i can take that outside yeah. maybe that's a good idea but
0: yeah i'm just talking yeah just all no way I, so I, I understand I what you're one saying one month, yeah like if i if i had one a month i'd be a happy man Well, well paying one right but like i'd still but that would consider. become
1: your job because that no, no, it
0: wouldn't it become my job for one day i mean one week a month but the my my real my real job would be in the studio developing my art and i guess it's all perspective and how you look at it
1: yeah yeah i mean it works for different yeah. the situation works differently for different people i mean and it depends on how long you're putting into this mural like how much prep work and yeah like are you james Jean or are you someone doing some abstract thing like yeah there's there's a different level of of preparation for these things too
0: yeah i think um like a point that you raised earlier we we're walking through a park before uh, and there was a big fail mural up on the wall, mm-hmm. and um, and you commented on how um, how it was an effective mural. It was because it was site site specific. Yeah, and um, and it was environmentally
1: the, contextual. Yeah, it stood alone. And for me, when I used to walk around somewhere like New York or wherever, you would turn a corner and and discover a mural. That 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 was the beauty of of a mural for me was like. It was a surprise, and then you could enjoy it. It wasn't you didn't walk down one street and get hit in the face with a hundred illustrations. Like to me now, like these these mural festivals are starting to become just a collection of big illustrations, and then not individually they're not special anymore. Like that Fail mural in the park, to me is is, is special because it's it stands alone, and it, you are forced to engage with it like if i walk down the street at winwood i'm not forced to engage with anything because i'm bombarded by too much information in fact i want to keep walking mm. so you lose the context of a mural on a 10 story building now yeah they become very small mm. yeah so i don't want my mural next to another mural. <laughs> yeah if i do go down that track
0: yeah i guess you you're in but- and also, you'd want to only take on um, art projects where you know that you can answer the brief
1: and... For sure. And
0: make... And tailor your art.
1: And them. when I walk past it, I want to be happy that I made the right decision and mm. and I gave something that that people are going to enjoy and it's not a selfish mural. Because mm. I think there's a lot of murals out there that it's only about the artists. It's not about the environment. It's yeah. not about the community. It's like... It's just about promotion yes. self-promotion Yeah, I think that, that there's we're losing context again from what a, a mural is supposed to be my favourite murals are the ones that use paintbrushes because they're not jumping on us they're not stealing our our uh, our technique and not giving anything back and the shit looks amazing mm-hmm. it's like the level of like intent and like the technique and I really like when I see a really cool paintbrush mural.
0: Yeah. All right, Demote, you are uh, ready for some rapid fire questions. Sure am. Let's go. Um, Alrighty. Um, name one artist who you think deserves more shine.
1: All right, this is. I thought this was going to be a difficult question, but my man Reese Lee, obviously, he's one of the best painters I know. Yeah. Definitely des- deserves more shine. Cool.
0: Um, what medium would you love to work with?
1: Ah. Uh, i'd like to, to try some oils and, and start to become semi-proficient at that yeah i haven't done it before really and uh yeah, I, I need to do that
0: yeah i've, I've heard there are uh, you know they take a lot of um patience yeah it's coming from an acrylic
1: drying time and yeah i started an oil painting in my uh in my studio and every time i go to touch it the thing's still wet
0: yeah uh what's one skill you wish you had
1: Uh, I wish I was a better business person. I wish I had the business savvy to, to you know, really capitalize on, on yeah. certain opportunities.
0: Yeah. So um, who's your uh, favorite artist or artists?
1: Um, I guess it varies from time to time, but I always love the work of uh, of Julian Schnabel. I love Albert Olan, Eddie Martinez. Uh Near Roush. Yeah. That's a good that's that's good set. Yeah.
0: Cool. And um what of oh,
1: Sigmar Polk. Love Sigmar Polk.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If I said his name correctly.
0: <laughs> and um what advice would you give your younger self?
1: Uh I'm gonna say just to try to stay out of trouble. And uh that's probably a good basis for other things.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have a dream project you'd love to work on?
1: Solo show at a represented gallery would be great.
0: Yeah. What about beyond that? Because I, I don't know, I can see that that's not far off for you.
1: Um, it be cool to make a huge bronze sculpture of uh, one of my characters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just thinking, I don't know.
0: There you go, that's interesting. A... We're talking about dreams here. I could see a
1: a big bronze duck man in the middle of Manhattan. That would be kind of cool. Fuck yeah. Um, He he might have to fight Cause's companion though.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think Cause's companion might win. Yeah. Who knows knows what the future has in store? There you go. Yeah. Um, Where are you wanting to take your art career?
1: uh, I mean, like I said before, I want to be only painting. So... That's where I want to take it. Mm. Just to be doing that solely. Yeah. Earning a living and being able to support my family from that.
0: Yeah. And um, do you have any future plans or projects in the pipeline?
1: Uh, Not really. Um, I just made a little book. Zine slash book. 68 pages, 64 pages. Um, I'm about to sell that. So that was a little project I just finished. Um, But other than that, not really. Just working on my work and hoping to get that to a point where I want to show it
0: yeah and um if people want to buy the zine where can they uh find it
1: uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it up on my uh Instagram in the next couple of weeks
0: yeah and uh and where's the best place for people to find you online
1: uh on my Instagram Motorola. or if you want to look at my artwork it's uh at Teenage Caligula
0: yeah cool alright thanks for uh taking the on and sit down and have a chat yeah it's, been, it's uh, been good yeah it's been great to sit down and chat we've been uh I don't know we've um, been painting wall all day yesterday. Yes. Yeah. It, it was in the heat. It was hard to uh, Brutal. do anything. You <laughs> no, have a catch up, you
1: know. But we but did it. We did it. We yeah. got it done. It was all really good. I hope people enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks, Tom. Okay.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bench Talk. To view images of the guest's artwork, follow us on Instagram at bench underscore talk or go to the website benchtalkpodcast.com. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or Stitcher. If you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode.